everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it, Chris. I'm your host, Chris. I'm not like the Burgundy. No. I'm your host, Tyler Huggett. With me as always, Chris Marler. Chris, back on the left, or you were on the left coast. Yeah. Now you're on the best coast? The, no? the beast coast. Dude, I, yeah. I tell you what, California. That was a trip, man. It was fine. It was, I mean, I didn't like California because everyone there was trying to get me to do heroin and uh, buy into socialism. That's like the whole state. That's all they do. I'm playing. That's not real. Um, I, I had a, it was, dude, the weather sucked in LA. I was shocked to see it. Like never rains there. It rained the whole time. It rained like the whole time. And then I only had one long sleeve shirt that I brought with me, which was an Alabama shirt. So that was cool. So I had to wear that into the stadium. I mean, yeah, it was cool though. It was a, it was a really fun trip. Um, you see a bunch of your besties out there. You said you met some listeners, met a ton of listeners. Got recognized a whole bunch. Why do I look orange and you look like a normal person? <laughs> I don't know. Do you? What's going on? It's, it's got to be something, something to say. Huh? Did, you get a, did you get a spray tan when you were out there? Yeah, I went to um, Palm Beach tan. But like actually Palm Beach, bro, you wouldn't get it. Um, so I will say, well, just a quick recap of the trip. Uh, flew into Ontario. I'm not sure if you're familiar. That is a real place in not Canada. It's also in California. Um, highlights of the trip. Got to see the Rose Bowl for the first time. Um, got to see the Coliseum. The Rose Bowl, by the way, you're, it's, it's literally, it is just in a fucking neighborhood. It's like you're just, you're coming around the bend and there's, there's like joggers and walkers and the fucking Rose Bowl. That's so it's strange. Just it's awesome. I gotta. We gotta figure out the background as to kind of how it all started because that's very strange. Anyways, it's yeah. like definitely on my bucket list. I mean, I can't tell you how bad I screwed up not going to the 2013 national championship. Florida State in the Rose Bowl, winning a national championship. I mean, that's it. Doesn't get better than that. Like that's yeah, just 2009 Bama. Ugh. I told you before, man. I I remember taking out a student loan. Um. I was like working a bunch of shifts. I'm pretty sure my grandma gave me a bunch of Christmas money. And I was like, I'm going to the fucking Rose Bowl, Bama national title game. But it was the first time they'd been in it since like 92. So like people were still like going out there. And every single night I would come home from the bar, like after working and, and I'd be drunk and there'd just be 26 tabs open of like Orbitz, Expedia, Travelocity <laughs> and just never pulled the trigger. Um, ben Diesel says, love you guys. I apologize for being such an abrasive asshole. Uh, of a troll but it's just kind of my nature ben it's the last episode of the season and i really appreciate you saying that because every word you said is true but we love you too um <laughs> was winky the qb when tyler got that hat that's a good looking hat dude yeah it's a 90s little 90s hat screw you jeff williams uh i don't mean that okay anyway so got to see the rose bowl got to see the coliseum um coliseum was cool because it's like it was like the Olympics were there twice. Yeah. It's just I, there's so much history. And then saw the forum. Which okay. Maybe where Magic Johnson caught the high five. And, yeah. and then SoFi, dude. SoFi is a spaceship. It, it was incredible. Anybody that went to the game, I want to hear your thoughts on SoFi as well. Because I'm like a huge 
homer about NBS here in Atlanta, it puts better to stay at the shame, dude. It is, it is incredible. Yeah. But the, wasn't the ceiling leaking. So yeah, people, people were still, I, we, everyone was soaking wet. Soaking wet. In the, but is it, is it open? Like open no, air? Like why was everyone well, wet? Kind of, but like not like there was twice that I was like, when I walked to the Coliseum, like you walk under that giant arch, like the arch is covered. And as soon as I was, I was like walking up towards, I was like, why is there still just like steady raindrops? Like, like there was, I don't, I don't know if it's a California thing. If it rains through buildings. Um, I don't know. Some of that liberal magic out there. You know how they are. You know how they are, dude. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what. uh, But yeah, everyone was wet. It was like going to a a damn magic mic show. You know what I mean? Everyone. Brother. Hell right. Dry seat in the house. Um, if it seems like we're just like prattling on about your trip more than the game, well, that was a 65 to seven absolute beat down. Uh, I want to say it was the biggest blowout of any bowl ever, ever. Um, and it happened to come in a national championship game. I've got a lot of thoughts. I have no interest in diminishing anything that Georgia did because look, TCU, obviously little bit outmatched in a game against an SEC opponent, for sure. Um, especially one of Georgia's caliber. Um, I think the 12-team playoff will eventually eliminate such a thing happening in a national championship again. Why? Uh, because there's more time. You know, it, you can line up against, like, a Michigan and win one game. Throw the kitchen sink. Yeah. You're a talented team. There's some really good top-end players for TCU, but they clearly don't have depth. Right. That kind of team is going to get knocked out in the playoffs before they can have, make a, like a real chance to get it to the national championship. they got to win three, you know, three games, something like that, that in was, a new yeah. format. So I think a, a that that is one better thing about expansion is if a team that, you know, may have benefited from a lot of close wins in a conference that wasn't as strong – kind of finds their way into the game. You know, you know, as a college football fan, you don't want to watch the 65 to seven game. It was the worst ratings ever. Um, I I just, I I had, I had so many feelings on this because I just, I, I I was so blown away by Georgia in general. I I mean, they played their best game of the season. I don't, I don't know if they did like, I like, like, Probably, I guess, but like they, you know, I, I've said it all year. If they want to, or when they want to, if they want to, if they want to prove a point, if they want to, like, because I'm a big believer that Kirby, like, is like playing things close to the vest and everything's about the long game. Now, we're not going to show this, we're not going to show that. And he can afford that because his team is better than everyone in the country. He's recruited, he's out recruited every other coach in the country and he knows what he has. And he knows, like, what, like I think at this point, especially with Kirby, he's in year seven as being a head coach. He's finally comfortable with, like, he knows what he's got when he has it and what what he can get away with, what, what it takes to get to the natty. Because, like, they're not going to – this team is not ever going – this program is not going to ever lose to South Carolina, 4-8 South Carolina, unranked, at home, ever again. That's not going to ever happen again. Well, let's – it absolutely will not ever happen. Ever is ever is strong. Bama beat Tennessee for 15 straight years. 
Okay. I'm telling you right now, Georgia's not going to lose. Years. South Carolina is a lesser program. That'll never happen again. Like Georgia, he knows that he can get away with like, you know what? I can play a 10 game or 10 point uh, game against Kentucky and like learn what it's like to be in like a close game and like have that, have that suit us uh, or have that prepare us for stuff later on in the season and like use that to our advantage and what, like we don't have to show anything. And then once it's all finally like at the end of the year and it's time to fucking just, it was, it was like, it was like the show and tell is like, it just, he could not have been more casual about like, you know what, this are, these are all of the pieces of like luxury that I have in this fucking unbelievable dynasty that I'm in the, like I'm currently building. Here's my tight end. Here's the fucking, here's lad McConkey. Here's a freshman running back. That's going to fucking gash you as, for the fourth quarter while our defense still holds you to negative yardage on five of the first six plays of that quarter. It was incredible, man. Bama's never done that. I've never, USC didn't do that. Nebraska has never done that. It was, it is unlike anything I've ever seen in college football. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just insane. I think when you, when you start with Stetson, I mean, Imagine how far it's come. I mean, it was a joke when Stetson was first named the QB. Remember that? When we were like, Stetson? Bennett? Wait, this year? No. Like, when he first started. Like, think about where he's come from to now with the whole Stetquavius, like, just most cocksure dude out there. I mean, confident as all hell. Makes all the nice plays. And, I mean, look, dude, if a guy like Taylor Heineke can get snaps of the – for the commanders, I don't see why Stetson can't go in and at least be a player like that in the NFL. I, I don't, I don't think he has no chance at the NFL. Do you? I have zero opinion on his NFL future. I like, I, I like, I, I think it's an awesome story. I've said it a thousand times. I will still be petty and say I'm so happy for that that the Georgia fan base finally fucking came around and started supporting that kid because all of a sudden, Tyler. He, he's he's not only he's not only led you to back to back natties, he's the greatest quarterback and maybe player that you've had in the history of your program. That's I mean he's definitely the most decorated. What he won an MVP in every playoff game that he played in, is that right? Every single one. And and I'm not saying he didn't deserve that. Part of that is like like I, listen, this is not about Stetson, but I will just say this, and I don't care how this sounds. There, America loves an underdog white quarterback more than maybe anything in the world. Like, if you got to like be a, small, got to be small, got to be small, got to be small, or or Tebow. Um, a lot of people like him. I just so he wasn't really an underdog, right? Like, he was he was like the number one player coming out. Yeah, you know, he was like number nineteen, was whatever. Um, but with Stetson, it's like I don't understand. I really don't understand how we've like shifted to this part now where the people that don't like him. They sound they sound fucking irrational as shit. But like like trying to drum up anything to say like negative about this kid. Like I don't like him. My buddy Robbie Buffington, he's a punk. He's he blames everyone else for for when he messes up. And I'm like I don't think I've ever seen this happen. Not once I've ever I've ever seen something that do that. Yeah. Um, or or if you're in the camp of like, well, he's 25. Of course it's easy. Well, I don't know why that matters. <laughs> like I just don't. And by the know. way, was TCU's punter? I think was, I, I think they said, and people in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. I think TCU's punter was 29. 
Yeah. And he's coming back next year for <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like, this dude is gonna be 30 next year punting for TCU. Good for him. Yeah, Good that for guy's him. living the life. That's like North Texas. North Texas QB is 29. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, William chat. Gray in the chat, 29. Yep. Um Okay, so somebody says in the modern era, Stett is the GOAT, but he's number two to Herschel. So here's the thing about Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker went to two national championship games. Yep. And he did not win two national championships. It's true. So, And let's be honest. I mean, the QB is going to get all the, all the glory and all the blame. And that dude had a lot of pressure on his back, especially last year. He's the, he was the scapegoat for the entire fan base. For two straight years. It's why they lost to Bama in 2020. It's why they lost to Florida in 2020. He can't see over the line. He's too short. As long as we have a – until we get like a, an elite quarterback, we're not going to be able to win a national championship. We're not going to beat Bama. And, and, the, and like the SEC championship, man, in like 2021, is still so mind-blowing to how that even happened. But that's the last time we ever saw that Stetson. He's never done that since. And let's be honest, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like as I get older, it gets harder and harder to do athletic things. Yeah, the whole 25. So if you're thing, like, 25, 28, like Chris Winkie, and you got a 19-year-old dude that's 6'3", 250, running full speed at you. Right. I mean, you get hit by that guy. You're When I was 29, I would have been out for four months. Yeah. From one My hit. Uber Eats is, is actually calling me right now, so I don't know how to do that. I, I got I to gotta pick this up, guys. All right, we'll meet you, Mike, at least. <laughs> there he is. All right. So while Chris gets his food and undoubtedly eats it while we are all uh, listening to him eat it. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't be happier for, for the Georgia fan base and Stetson. Um, I mean, I'll, it'll be interesting to see where he takes the next uh, point of his career. Does he get another year? Is he coming back next year? Um. No, but for real, and and I'm just excited to see, you know, what Carson Beck or one of these other guys can do next year, too. I mean, kind of talked about the 2023 season. I was kind of railing on Georgia a little bit, and I know it's not their fault. You play the schedule you have. But, man, like that 2023 schedule is – for how young Georgia was this year, um, in those football – in those CFP games, man, there were a lot of true freshmen on the, on the field, especially on defense – and you return, you still return a lot of these players, including Brock Bowers, who's like the best player in the country at any position. Um, and you know, you're out of conference is what, like, and I know it was supposed to be Oklahoma, so you can save your comments in the chat. But that out of conference is like Ball State, UT Martin, Georgia Tech. There's Which, two I mean, things. Two things that I want Georgia fans to listen up. This is the one critique I'm going to give you, maybe. Or two critiques I'm going to give you. Every single one of you, and there's a lot of here, people in the chat uh, that, that, that were included in this. When I used to get shit on all the time, all, he's a Bama homer. He talks about Bama all the time. All they ever talk about is Bama. Bama was the best program in the country. They were constantly playing for national championships, and they were constantly getting all the attention. So all I'm saying is make sure you keep that same fucking energy now when all we talk about is Georgia. Because I noticed that a lot we're not getting any of those complaints anymore. So you're fucking welcome. You see how that works? You see how that works when like you're when you're this relevant? That's how that works. Also, the other thing, 
Um, I don't ever want to hear anything about so-and-so didn't play anybody because Georgia is the best program in the country, the best team in the country, but they are, this is a cakewalk to get to a, like, I'm not saying to, to get to a third straight natty because that's not easy, but to get to the playoff, their schedule is even easier this year. Well, they're out of conference. I just listed. They have four true road games, two of which are Vandy and Georgia Tech. That's unfucking real. Um, Who do they get out of the West? Who do they get out of the West? I think they get like Ole Miss or something, but it's at home. It course. is Ole Miss. It's at home, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee on the road. It's the last game before Georgia Tech. I say just rest all your starters all year until you play Tennessee and then get everyone with fresh legs in the Tennessee game on the road. And it'll be interesting to see without Hinton Hooker. You know, uh, Milton obviously looked good in the bowl game. Would you read but this, please? I don't know. I don't know if a full season of Milton. At Auburn could be tough. You guys have beaten Maybe. them 13 out of the last 16 games. <laughs> Like see, just listen, lean into it. Don't 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 like pretend that it's going to be and it's very rare that the first year in this new era where the um signing day is in December, it's rare for a first year head coach to come in and make a huge difference. I mean, obviously Lincoln Riley did that, but you usually have a lot of turnover, guys hitting the portal, mm-hmm. you can't get a recruiting class in. So Auburn, I think, will still probably be pretty bad this year. Yeah, they they their their roster is awful. Also, I don't know why we just assume Tennessee is going to be like they're here now. No, I, you can't say it yet. It's been one year. Um, yeah. You lose a lot off that offense. Yeah, Hendon Hooker obviously was a Heisman favorite for a bit there until he got injured. Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, a lot of these All guys right. are out. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. But I think it's reasonable to expect them to take a step back unless you think the true freshman is going to come in and light it up from day one, which hard to see in the SEC. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how many guys hit the portal for Georgia. I, I, in this new era, mm-hmm. like a five-star D lineman that's got now this freakazoid, Michael, Michael Williams in front of him. That kid. Let He's like, yeah, okay, well, wrestling. I'm probably not going to play here over this kid, so I could probably go get an NIL deal somewhere else. I've got my ring. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the turnover, and that's that's what's so different about today's game is, yeah, everyone's saying, yeah, of course, Georgia's going to be the odds-on favorite, and they will be because look at the way and they recruit, but you don't know what their roster is going to look like next year at all, really. No, and, and or Tennessee's. Yep. I'll be honest, we'll get to it later, but the whole thing about Bama just being like a shoe-in to be like most places had them top two or three for next year, and I get that they've earned that like, you know, benefit of the doubt. They returned the least amount of starters out of any team in the way too early top 25 rankings. They only returned 10. Yeah. And the people and- they lose, I don't know why we just all automatically think like, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna fix all those problems now that Bryce Young and Will Anderson – are both gone. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Look, I know, and, I know that- the, the other thing that's going to change too is there's going to be a whole other portal season after the spring games where yeah. coaches are sifting through. Florida State, three of their starting offensive linemen this year were signed out of the portal after spring ball. Right. So, I mean, those were three guys we didn't even play in the spring game with. That It just totally changes the roster. So, there's going to be a lot of turnover. For instance, at Georgia – 
let's say Carson Beck wins the job. I mean, you think Brock Vandegrift's going to sit there uh, and wait his turn with Gunnar Stockton on his heels? I mean, one of those guys will transfer if if they don't get the job because they're kind of waiting for Stetson to be out. So um, it's going to be pretty crazy. But you had some numbers on Stetson uh, in the CFP versus like all-time QBs that you wanted to put out there. No, so I didn't actually. That was in the other other podcast. Let's let's like talk a little bit about the game. Okay. Just like a little bit. Like we'll, we'll, we'll breeze through it, obviously. But um, what I thought was funny was we kept talking about how the, the I don't know what TCU does that is going to like like better than Georgia. Like what 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 could they possibly do that is going to be better than Georgia or Georgia can't stop. And the only the only advantage I, I could find statistically they had was the turnover margin. And they were like minus nine all years, top 20 in the country. And Georgia was like plus one. Of course, Georgia gets three turnovers, two from the kid from Milledgeville. Love it. Um, it like it, it seemed like from, from jump, I thought that Georgia was the better team. I didn't think they would start this or like start so fast because they haven't a lot of times, especially in, in bigger games. Some like, we haven't seen that as much. We saw it against Tennessee, but like even against Oregon, they won 49 to three and it, they were, it was like three, nothing in the first quarter. Um, I think the one thing I, I, I bet on was the first quarter under 14 and it was 24. And then I bet on Georgia to cover seven in the first half. I, and I told you this the other day, if the one prop that I wanted to see was like what, when they had like the, um, the team total, like, and they had like the brackets. So it was like, if they have to score between 31 to 40, whatever. Yeah. They didn't have one listed for um for zero to ten. And I wanted that so bad. And the only alternate line I could for find TCU? Was, yeah. They didn't have it listed. They had they had um if they scored eleven to twenty, it was plus two seventy. So yeah, that would have been easily like plus four hundred, probably. Right. Uh, probably more than that. And then and then the only alternate line I could find was minus 17 and a half. And it was like, that's not even, that's not where I'm thinking this is going to go. So Georgia comes out and just goes right down their fucking throat. T- I mean, honestly, I mean, think, think about this. TCU put up 188 yards of offense. You're talking about one broken play, like one deep ball. And it, and it's. Yeah. And that was just, a t- that was like on Georgia. Like they just got caught in a mix-up like that was it that was it dude and I, and like i feel i mean look i i was kind of bitching about it on twitter and then i was in a group chat with a bunch of georgia guys and it's like midway through the second quarter and i'm like this has got to be the worst championship game i've ever watched and they're like oh you're you're just hating on it if florida state was in it you would think it was awesome and i was like yeah and you'd probably think it's terrible this is but this is i was like this is to like wake in the 90s yeah like this team is going to be up by 30 at the half yeah and sure enough um i mean i'll I'll be totally honest i've never done this before i went to sleep before the game ended i I just i mean i just uh, it was a blowout i mean it was and georgia play i think georgia played its best game of the year and maybe uh you know maybe the oregon game was a little bit better no no because again they got off to a slow start it's three yeah this was I also they, think they TCU. Haven't... Some of this was obviously Georgia. TCU played an awful game. I mean, they were, they, they didn't were... show any composure from minute one because they're playing. They're because this isn't Michigan. 
Right. And it's not fucking Texas and it's not fucking Kansas State and it's not fucking like it's Georgia. And I, and I tell you what, too, the thing with TCU, like one of the things they did really well all year was like like long, long plays, like chunk plays over 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. They were top three in the country in in um, in what do you call it? Offensive plays over 20, 30, 40, 50 and 60 yards. They were number one, I think, in 40, 50 and 60. They had two plays the entire game that were over 10 yards. Two. Why would you watch the replay? Check, see, this is, a, this, is the whole, this is just this love is sadness. A, they are another level of petty, by the way. <laughs> I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Brandon um, says they were starstruck on the field. They might have been. They honestly might have been. Yeah, they were. But, Again, so Georgia goes in there. They they dominate. I think they had one punt. It was the first possession of the second half. Um, I mean, just any way you looked at it, it was like, okay. So like, the one thing I, I brought up about like I I didn't want to put this as a prop bet, but Max Duggan against ranked teams, he had 15 rush attempts in three of his last four against ranked opponents, and then he had 10 in the other ones. So it's like 55 rushes in four games. So that, that seemed like it was going to be a part of it, like their game plan. He had negative 38 yards Oof. at the end of the game. <laughs> like, I don't think they had a single player go over their prop total. Like, and I'm not, I'm not making that up. And like, obviously there's a lot of Georgia fans that are also Falcons fans. And I'm a Falcons fan. And at the half, I was like, I, like, I remember no. how I felt at the Super Bowl. And there was just always something in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is obviously tom brady and granted max duggan isn't tom brady which is part of why right. i was like this felt nothing like that i had no, no i was like there's absolutely zero chance that tcu's gonna win this game like at all i think the odds had to have been zero um just the absolute it's it's every time the sec plays someone in the big 12 you see the difference in the trenches it's enormous I, I and mean, max duggan had no time to throw um the, uh, Kurt, or Stetson had all day to throw. All day. He didn't get touched. My man was just patting the ball back there. I mean, it, it was it was just, I mean, God, it was a beatdown. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. And I, I again, like, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Um, it was, I went back and looked at the stuff too. And, and, and we, can, we can get into this part because I think I, I, I'm like, I'm all about like, giving Georgia like their, like their props. Cause I, I think one of the interesting parts about this is the mis misperception, I think still about how good this team is or how dominant this team is because of what last year's team did, or like, because like whatever stigma people like this, like, you know, confirmation bias or, or like preseason, like idea they've had of like the, well, Georgia's a defensive team and sets and minutes, not a great quarterback. And he's, he's a game manager. Like I, I saw today, Michael Calabrese, said uh he commented on something on twitter is like they weren't even as dominant as the team a year ago i don't even i don't know how to tell you guys this statistically not even fucking close it's not even fucking close they are way more dominant this year and when you look at like what they did against ranked opponents i mean against so here and i have i have all this shit in front of me we, we talked about it on the last pod um going the offense is significantly better what's that yeah, yeah the, the offense, offense is significantly better which is what I said going into the season. I was like, I think they have a chance to be better or more, or at least more dominant than they were a year ago because of the fact that the offense has so many weapons. I don't see who's going to be able to stop them. And so 
you look at like from a year ago, um, they had their their average margin of victory against ranked opponents was sixteen point one. You know what it was this year against ranked opponents? Twenty nine point four. Yo. 29.4 they played seven ranked teams they they put up at least 40 points in six of those seven games and i would the say the schedule they, they played this year was better yeah harder yep yeah yep i mean it, like again you're looking at like last year you beat michigan by 23 beat Bama by 15 lose Bama by 17 you beat kentucky by 17 arkansas by 37 um auburn by 24 and clemson by seven I don't know how Auburn was ranked, but that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing there that really jumped out at you besides like 37 nothing, right? And then we didn't see that again for the rest of the year. This year, 48 3, 48 7, 45 19, 50 to 30, 65 to fucking 7. And so, what I, what I was interested to see was I'm not saying that this Georgia team is better than 2019 LSU or 2020 Bama. If you line them up on a field today, I'd be honest, I'd like 2020 Bama over Georgia and I, probably like 2019 LSU. I, I have a hard time with the LSU thing strictly because I know what Burrow did. I know what that offense did. They gave up 400 yards rushing to Ole Miss, and I just can't shake that um, even now. Part, part of me also like looks at some of those guys on that team that are now like the best players in the NFL as well mm-hmm. and just kind of yeah. gives you that like, well, Joe Burrow is like a top five QB in the NFL at this point. He was the dude that year as well. Like, definitely taking him over Stetson. The receivers were Jamar Chase and damn Justin Jefferson, who are like the two best receivers right. in the NFL. Right. I, and look, like Georgia has now, some guys, well, I mean, but like I don't feel like they have those guys. No, I, I would. Bowers, Bowers, they got Bowers is going to be a top ten pick as a tight end for sure. Maybe top five. And, yeah. And I didn't realize that people really don't consider twenty twenty Bama as like a real like because of COVID Here, here's yeah. the thing. It, if, you're, if anyone is saying that, I'll just be honest with you. You're a fucking idiot. Like if you think that COVID is the reason that team like was good. I don't know. Like that's a ridiculous statement. They had, they had seven first rounders, the Heisman trophy winner. They had a, they had yeah. three of the top five Heisman finalists and they put up their, their average margin of victory against five ranked opponents in 13 games was, uh, 19. That's still 10 points less per game than Georgia was. And LSU's was only 15. You look at Clemson's, Clemson's was, I believe it was 24 or it might have been 27, but they only played three ranked opponents in 2018. I, it like any way you look at it, like, I mean, I looked at Nebraska, Nebraska 94 95. They went 25 and 0. And they, and what's funny too is they had a, they also had a top 10 offense, top 10 defense, just like Georgia. They scored 35 points a game and it was ranked like eighth in the country or something like that. Um, but even those teams did, did not like dominate consistently with those like the, this wide of margins. And the thing is, you know, what's crazy is that Tennessee game, they left so much meat on the bone. They could have made that so much worse. Yeah. Our offense I mean, it's... will be better. I don't. Okay. Okay. I just, I'm, it's like you give them an inch <laughs> and they just um I, i'll be honest they they have every right to feel be like walking around with their chests out right now 
without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I, I will say that I think that there's some of the stuff that they've, that, that I've seen like in the Facebook group, and we're going to address it. Um, some of the dumbest, like, like stress, like where their minds have gone to, and maybe it's because it was so bored in the second half and there was nothing else to think about, but like some of the takes have been like the, the whole, like, there's a, how hot? I mean, like the nuclear the, the one, the Facebook group that it, that like, I just assumed it'd be like one person, maybe two, three. I don't know. Every single Georgia comment under the post. Do you think that Kirby Smart was the only reason for Nick Saban's success while he was at Alabama? Because now that he left, you can see that program has, has declined and Georgia's obviously doing what they're doing. Now, keep in mind, right. we're seven years into this. And so, and so the, the argument is incredible. And, and I tell you what, Ben Diesel, he – he's probably a pro at this part. I can tell you exactly what he'll say. Well, cause I always say like, well, they had the number one ranked defense in the country, the two years after Kirby left. Well, those are Kirby's recruits. Right. Oh, okay. Um, also well, hasn't he I, won two championships without Kirby. Yeah. He's played for five at, in seven years. Um, it also four and one against Kirby as well. Um, my personal favorite was somebody in the group said, Nick Saban went to Kent State and Michigan State, and no one knew who he was. He hired Kirby when he went to LSU, and that's when he started having success. <laughs> He's literally no, never did anything. I swear that's to God. a troll. That's a troll. That's a troll. No, it's not. It's not. It's I a can troll. Tell it's not. It's the guy yeah, who, who said it was like one of those old people that takes like Facebook profile pictures like this, like where they're like in the front seat of their like truck, yeah, and like the camera's like under their nose. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's it's incredible to see what Kirby's done. I, th I think he's like I think I've said this before, even this game. I think he's past Saban as the best coach with the best program and the best team in the, in the best future. I think he's distancing himself, to be honest, from what I've seen the past year or two. I really do. Mm -hmm. That being said, like let's not fucking get out of pocket with like make like the takes becoming even more. <laughs> like, like, well, the, it just starts to make is. everything you say un like uncredible. Not yeah, incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Not incredible? I don't know. Incredible. Not, not um, anyway. But yeah, that's great. Um because it really I'm again, I'm not saying that 2019 LSU, and, and I didn't realize how mad people were gonna get over this, because these are just like statistical facts. Georgia's numbers yeah. are better. I, I can see where people are coming from between the Georgia last year being better than this year, even the statistics Why? say. Because doesn't it feel that way? Not at all. Literally not at all. Georgia Georgia struggled in a few games this year. And I know we kind of we kind of said like they played with their food a little bit, but I mean Mizzou, Kent State, and they didn't struggle, but like that that's kind of a weird score against Kent State. Sure. Um Kentucky. There were others. Um wasn't Georgia Tech like kind of close at the half? Uh, it was close to the first quarter. Actually, it might have been close to the half. Um, but so you're saying this team didn't struggle last year, right? Clemson was 10-3. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Uh, Florida was like a neck-and-neck -neck game until the last two minutes of the first half when what's-his-name gave up like 21 points. Um, Tennessee was somewhat close until the second half. You lost outright to Bama. Um, Kentucky was dominant. I don't remember the Auburn game, to be honest. Uh, you beat Vandy 62-0, Arkansas 37-0. I feel like that South Carolina game was like somewhat 
closer. I, I mean, I, I don't remember, but I mean, yeah, and I, like I, I do agree with Brandon here, year. where he says, you know, those were a result of complacency. I, I agree, but that's what I think was different about last year's is there was no complacency. They got their they ass had- kicked. They got their ass kicked on like, like, and again, that's the biggest difference. They didn't just lose; they got their fucking ass kicked and won Bryce Young a Heisman. They they gave up more points in the second quarter than they had given up in any game that entire year. They showed up to that game like TCU showed up to this game. That's not even no. Don't even start because this whole like we're not going to give credit where credits due is fucking bullshit. Um, but like again, this year, sure, like like I just for whatever reason I would I would be more okay with like oh you know they kind of struggled against Mizzou in fucking September. I'm okay. I'm way more okay with that than getting beat by 17 in a game that you could say it didn't matter, but like, you know, damn well, if you have a chance to put your foot on that team's throat, you do it. And then they ended up doing it later in, in the, in the playoff. Anyway, it's, the numbers are crazy. It's, it's really impressive what they were able to do um, all season long, man. And, and again, what they did to the CCU team, that was a top 10 offense. Max Duggan, 152 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. You hold them to 28 carries for 36 yards. Um, you know, their best player, uh, Quentin Johnson, one catch for three yards. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, one that's catch for three yards. Well, they knew. I mean, even Kirby said, he was like, you know, our scout team is probably running there. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know he their said that. Their play is better. Jesus, dude. Yeah, but anyway, it was it was um and the defense, man. They just they swarmed it, it it's again tip of the cap. It's it's awesome. It's it was really awesome to watch. And I, I just don't think I I could say enough about how incredible that team was to watch all season long. I, I think it is, in my opinion, because I did see them play in person several times and I did see them play against ranked teams. Like here's the thing too about LSU. LSU definitely did play like seven seven ranked opponents that they have a great schedule that and like, and I think they beat the entire preseason top four or something like that. Um, close game against Bama, close game against Auburn. You gave up 400 yards rushing to Ole Miss. I don't remember, you know, you beat Florida by 14. It was like, that was a pretty, pretty close game. Um, still a great team, but like, I think this team deserves to be in, in the same breath as like the top five teams in the history of college football which is crazy because of the fucking yeah. this barrage of white kids are throwing out there on, on offense at the skill positions. Look, I mean, what's crazy deep. to think about it is that you could argue they were outplayed in the game before this and maybe slightly lucky to win it. Not lucky, but could have easily lost it. Let's mm-hmm. say that. And yet it was probably exactly what they needed going into this TCU game. The the absolute mind warping that Saban did to convince everyone that on the team that people were saying they thought they would go seven and five. Saban didn't say any of that first off. Quite strange. I thought that was a joke. That's a strange we like there's there's zero chance that they actually believe that, right? They thought did, people I, were saying I, they I, would go seven and five. There's multiple kids saying it into the camera. Y'all said we were gonna go seven and five. Y'all said we were gonna go five and seven. This concerns say, me about the livelihoods of these young in, men. What I tell you in May, they were horny for disrespect, like just begging for it. Yeah. 
oh, well, their horniness was taken care of. Yeah. Well, also, here's by the thing, all too, the Ohio pundits State out there that said they would be the last in the SEC East. Who said that? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm I'm concerned for these young men and their livelihoods. The yeah. fact that they yeah, were convinced still right. It's kind of cultish, you know. Honestly, I think someone needs to do a little bit of research here. A little investigative journalistic research into what's going on in the apartments and homes of these young men where they believe that everyone in the country was saying they were going seven and five. I think it's great. It's a, it shows that Kirby's a master motivator for this football team. And that's great for while there are football players in college, but you're setting these kids up to be suckered into just countless fucking pyramid schemes, Nigerian Prince emails. I mean, Dude, if it could happen to me, it could happen to anybody. That's right. Also, I love that here we go. Dogs were sick versus Ohio State. Here's the thing. The whole thing about the whole thing about uh the Ohio State game, Ohio State's just the second best team in the country. They're a really good team with really yeah. good players. Had it wasn't because Georgia was sick, it's because they were going up against the other best team in the country. And it's yeah. also very difficult to go undefeated. Like again, think about how many how many times. Two things. Think about how many times that people have like, it's the very beginning of the year. The only thing people were hornier for that Georgia's disrespect was Bama losing to Texas. They almost lost to Texas. Texas is terrible. Okay. I mean, I, it's the game too. I don't know if we know that. They finished ranked. Sure. Absolutely. How many times have we seen like the excuses like against other, other teams for barely beating a, a shitty team? They barely beat this team. Right? How many times have we seen Georgia blow it in games they shouldn't have? Lately? Not lately. <laughs> no. Lately, they've they've had since 2020, they've lost five games, and three of those losses were to national champions or um or Heisman Trophy winners. I'm sorry, that's since 2019. And in but like again, you know, it's a crazy stat, too. This is the first season that Kirby has not had a loss by more than three scores since he's been the head coach of Georgia. Wow. Every year prior to this, he has. Hmm. So. Mind-numbing stuff. Um, so the final AP poll came out, and um, Georgia obviously finishes number one. Yeah. TCU two, Michigan three, Ohio State four. Um, personally, I would have put Ohio State above Michigan, but I guess dude, Michigan did, did beat Ohio Reddit? State. So. The so, the list of all the votes. There was some some uh disrespect thrown around there from a few of the coaches. No, I'm not, I'm talking about like for the AP poll. Three people had Michigan at oh, two. AP. At two? Including Reese Davis. I yeah, I mean that's weird because TCU just beat Michigan, but I do think Michigan's better than TCU. Um, but anyways, some some familiar faces there at the top, some uh, maybe some old faces that are becoming new again, coming in, creeping towards the top ten. Number eleven there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You know, Chris, we've been podcasting together since 2017, and it's been nothing but a nightmare for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not because of you, but because of one fateful night. I think it was dubbed the GOAT, the greatest opener of all time. 
Well, that was tough, yeah. Number one, Alabama. Number three, Florida State. Francois tears his ACL. The program never to be the same again. True. I am very excited for next year. We should be. I don't think we're going to win the championship. We don't have a roster like Georgia's. I don't know that we would get slayed like TCU did, but we wouldn't come close to beating Georgia. But I'm I'm excited. I think I think we could take the next step and uh, take Clemson down for the ACC next year. I would agree with that. I think we and we can get into that part um, for sure in a second because I wanted to. I there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to uh, go over just from like the way too early polls and then also like the odds and stuff like that for for next year. One more thing that I I thought was super weird, and I mean super fucking weird, and I'm sure that part of this is just because that. I, I like this person and he's my coach and maybe I'm being biased. The whole David Pollock, Nick Saban breakdown after what was said was like, like it could not have been a bigger non-story. What, how and, everyone thought that what Saban or what he said was like out of line or something next to Saban? No, no, no. So like that he was like one that that could have been taken that way. And then it was like, did you see Saban's face? And so Saban's like watching him talk. And then he like looks down and blinks and like looks back up. They they ran it on a loop the next day on Get Up on ESPN for two straight minutes about like 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 the fucking Zapruder film. And it was like, you look at look look at look at this face. And it was like, I don't. I'm sure he was probably um, triggered at some level because of yeah he's a competitor and he's like been at the top for so long. And I don't think any part of him was like. <laughs> Upset that David Pollock made a comment. And I don't think David Pollock was trying to say anything that was inappropriate. It was just like, hey, here's a fact. Like, Saban sat there on the same panel when LSU won. I, I just, I don't, I thought that was such a weird non-issue where I was kind of surprised more than anything that was like, it seemed like we were, the next day, I don't remember watching a national championship where the following day there was less coverage about that team, like on ESPN, uh, mainly ESPN, like on SportsCenter, replays talking about next season interviews i don't think i've ever seen anything with like less coverage than this one and then for whatever reason and their fans somewhat did it too but not as much as espn most of the talk like on espn was them like pitted versus bama and was like can we just fucking enjoy this for 24 hours like i did, i don't get it yeah, uh, talking points shifted pretty quickly like during the game it was that bad of a game um obviously some early odds come out for the 2024 national championship and they mean what they mean for now as rosters certainly aren't set in stone for next year. But of course, Georgia, the preseason favorite for now. And again, right. you can't put a lot of money on these um, plus 300 Bama plus 500 Ohio state plus 750 Michigan plus 900. So you got same four teams that were in it this year are the four favorites for next year. USC comes in next at plus 1,200. Clemson at plus 1,800. LSU plus 1,800. Yeah. Uh, Florida State coming in at plus 2,000. They open the season again, playing each other, by the way. That'll likely be a top 10 matchup to start the year. Um, and uh, Notre Dame's up there. Penn State, I'm surprised, is not a little bit higher, although they do have to play Ohio State and Michigan every year. Texas at plus twenty five hundred. Tennessee plus three thousand. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm 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 already going to tell you. I'm all over Texas next year. Already? They return ten stars on offense. 
Okay. I love it. I love okay. it. Um, uh, I'm not going to be on Clemson. Be, uh, I can tell you that much. Clemson that? is losing a lot. I'm not going to be on Clemson next year. Clemson actually returns more than almost anyone in the top 15. This is according to ESPN. I have it all written down. Because um, I was surprised that they were so low. Clemson was ranked 15th. They returned 16 starters, which is tied for the most besides FSU of anybody in Texas Tech of anybody in the entire top 25 for uh, next year. The Bulls coming. Uh, yeah. You think Arch plays next year? He'll play, but he's not going to start. So, Quinn. No. Um, any of these teams surprise you? I mean, I. I think there still, still could be some shifting in the portal to happen, but. Yeah, it's way too early, I think, still, which is crazy to say. But um, USC, no, because they who they return. Michigan, I don't get. I, like, Michigan returns 14 starters. I just think we kind of we kind of know what we have with Michigan at this point. Like, I don't I, don't, I think that's why Harbaugh's like, I might just go. Because I don't, like, I can't. This is as good as it's going to get. I mean, so. It's also hilarious to be like looking back on some of this stuff and seeing like what people like how people voted. Like this is the the final week of the regular season. I'm looking at the the votes for um, the AP people and Michigan had like six first place votes <laughs> over over Georgia. Um, also, there's a little bit of controversy. I don't think it's a huge deal. Like where they, I think we posted about on on SDS where Saban they showed his top six or top five uh, on his coach's ballot. And he had Georgia, then Bama. And then I think then like Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee. He had Tennessee at six. And then Kirby, they put it side by side. And Kirby had Bama at six behind Tennessee. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about as far as looking – Take an early look ahead to next year are the preseason Heisman odds. Yeah. Obviously, Caleb Williams, this year's winner, is the favorite for next year at plus 400. But Drake May's in there. A lot of the guys that had really good years this year, on boy Jordan Travis is the third best odds. Just going to say that. Brock Vandegrift, plus 1,800. That's fucking ridiculous. So, uh, clearly, the early lines at – what is this, Williams? Oh, no. William Hill? This is on Odd Shark. I'm not sure who's actually giving these lines, but um, yeah. thinks that Brock Vandegrift, obviously, is going to be the guy at Georgia, um, which would be surprising, I think. Uh, Jane Daniels on this list. Joe Milton on this list. Ty Simpson on this list. Yeah, so, yeah, I heard somebody say today that they think he'll be the starter over uh, of, over Milrow. Um no Bowers no. on this list. He is, right? No Bowers. That's stupid. Uh, Bo Nix there at um, the, the Pac 12 is going to be so much fun to watch next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Sam Hartman obviously going to Notre Dame. That's probably why they got a little bit of an uptick. The LSU thing, I don't, I just am not, I'm not there. Yeah. I mean, you get Mason Smith back, who I think is like a Jalen Carter level talent at D tackle Harold sure. Perkins is going to be one of the better linebackers in the nation. You would think, I don't know if I'm sorry. I don't know who they've picked up in the portal. I know they've been active. I haven't really studied that, but 
I'm not thrilled with their playmakers still. You lose Booty. um, And then... You mean Malik Neighbors? You lost Jack Besh. Yeah. I like the tight end, Mason Taylor. This is why I'm having a hard time with, like... They got better as the year went on, but again... If I'm being honest, I, I think that their entire season and like them being considered, they were ranked fifth at one point, and, and like they're considered to be a top five, six team going into next year. They returned 15 starters, 10 of them on offense. Actually, can't that can't be right? So it's got to be nine because they lose Booty and uh, and uh, Besh. But um, like th- their season was made from the Bama win. But when you take a step back and look at like what they did as a whole, you got your ass kicked by by Georgia. 50 to 30, right? You barely beat Arkansas 13 to 10. A pretty bad Arkansas team was six and six. You barely beat Florida 45-35. Barely beat Auburn. Um, you get trounced at home by Tennessee 40 to 13. And that game was probably not even that close. You were the Auburn game where they had to have four turnovers in the fourth quarter to win by four points against fucking Auburn. Yeah. So tell me what I'm missing here. That like, and then you and then and by the way. When you when you had everything in front of you, after beating Bama and slipping by Arkansas, you lost by double digits against Texas A and M. So I, just tell me why what I'm why I'm supposed to be like buy into like oh my god, this entire thing has turned turned around now. That's a, you make a great point. Uh, I haven't thought about it. that. Makes me excited as a four state fan, honestly. Um, yeah, that's speaking of that. There, um, a lot of people, Jaden Daniels, obviously on the Heisman list. A lot of people like Nussmeyer. I, I think he basically came in in two opposite ends of blowouts. I mean, they were getting blown out by Georgia and he came in mm-hmm. and then they were blowing Purdue out. So like, I don't know if we've seen like a real, really what Nussmeyer could do, but maybe that's some sort of competition next year. But uh, the guy that was everyone was excited for, the, the true freshman, Walker Howard, ends up transferring. Yeah, let's get into uh, that. So he's in the portal now. He's going to be a hot commodity because when you get a guy like that who is not just a one-year player, but he, you're essentially getting a five-star guy. Right. That's going to be a freshman. Um, so could you possibly see a school like Florida look at Walker Howard who – yeah. It's going through all sorts of weird drama with their 2023. Can't like he's a signee, Jaden Rashad. I'm talking about he signed with Florida. Yeah, he is in the student him. directory, but he did not enroll at Florida yet. And on three reported that he actually asked out of his uh deal out of his deal with Florida. Why? So the rumor going around Twitter, and we we know how true Twitter usually is, um, is that, but this one seems to have legs, is that um, Florida couldn't pay up the money that they said they were going to pay him for an IL. Shut the fuck up. So I'm looking on 247 right now. It says his dad denies the, or disputes report of request out of NLI. Wait, NLI? NLI. So the the NLI is what you signed, the National Letter of Intent. Oh, yeah. NIL. Yeah, so apparently Florida like promised this kid a certain NIL deal, and when he was supposed to get his upfront share of it before he enrolled, they didn't have the money. And so enough national guys 
that are in the know have like retweeted and like made fun of the story that I think it's probably true. Really? Like who? Like uh, Bud Elliott. Like he started retweeting all these articles about Florida's NIL collective from like May mm-hmm. that were like, Florida's really got their stuff together with the NIL. Is Florida State lacking behind? And like he's he was putting that out there. He was making memes about I don't know. It, like I feel like if it was fake, usually a guy like that won't run with something like that. That's fair. But so that'll be interesting to watch. You know, ultimately I mean he, he surprised said, that class. Like that's like the one positive thing that's happened to that program in like yeah, they stole him from Miami. It was a big like recruiting win. There's something going on down in Gainesville. A lot, a lot of Florida fans are getting a little antsy already after year one with Napier. And this is their nightmare. This is this is like yeah. I don't think there's ever been a time where Florida State and Georgia have been kicking their ass. Right. No, probably not. It's probably been a while. If so, and they, you know. It's like Auburn. You know, Auburn just starts cycling through coaches because they're just trying to get to where Bama's at. Yeah. That's kind of how Florida feels with Georgia right now. I the I thought about this the other day. The Mullen thing is still so I, I like I it's probably the right move because if you're just talking about trying to compete with Georgia, but like dude came in there, went to three straight New Year's six bowls, went 21 and five his first two seasons, had a bunch of top 10 wins bunch of ranked wins has a Heisman finalist quarterback. And they were like, Who, no. no one's ever heard from again. Who Kyle Trask. Well, he's like, he's backing up Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't think he's no. Blaine Gabbert came in ahead of him in the Falcons game this past weekend. I didn't know the Falcons were still playing football. Um, Unfortunately, they're, they're doing what they do every year, which is they're collecting wins against teams that are resting their starters. So they get worse draft pick. Um, like no chance to make the playoffs just make your draft worse right like had a yeah. chance for jalen carter or will anderson now don't because they just shout out to the texans man they did the same thing that was insane by the yeah way. um well it's been a year yeah man i want to give a, sh- a couple of shout outs okay um because I, I it was really cool getting to be all the way out in la and, and having people like recognize me from the pod and, and, and give you a shout out and ask how you're doing. Um, it was really, it was really cool. I, I, so obviously Candler, um, he snuck yeah. us into the, into the suite again, which is awesome. Um, uh, Lillian, he had a suite uh, at the championship game. Yeah. Dude, my man is just balling out. Balling out. <laughs> um, so I mean, the, the Yeah. <laughs> we were like in the down like in the sweet sweet like in the low low level which is like it, i thought i was in a fucking castle because i I've never like the doing, field level suites like no so he the way it was set up is like the the hundred level like the just like seats those have access to the suite which is like you have like a full bar you have like different food stations whatever the the like sweet sweet like the like the premier at least from like that level you have to have like a different like i don't know ticket or something to like get into and inside there everything's free and they they, bro they had like charcuterie they had like fresh fruit everywhere 
They had it was it was ridiculous. Um, so all that hating you did on me for sitting in the suite at the Ohio State Georgia game, and now look at you eating charcuterie in the suites. Tyler, if I was in a football game and you were at the same football game, I would have gotten you into the suite. I would have I would have figured out a way to watch the game with you. So that's tough. Anyway, um, no, so that was cool. And then, like, obviously, Lillian, who um, who was nice enough to to take me out there, uh, one of our listeners. Um, she's like just as nuts as we are about like watching games. It was, it's tough, um, at times, uh, the, the MVP of the entire thing, actually I'll save them for last. The Matt Stout who reached out to us on Twitter is a TCU fan that listens to us apparently, um, which is super nice. And, and I know I'm leaving people out here. I met the, the founder of prize picks, oh, nice. but not sponsoring our podcast and sponsoring literally every other one. Uh, I was like, you're basically hello fresh, man, but for gambling. Yeah, they're based so, out of Atlanta. Are they? Yeah, they're they they're in Buckhead. Oh, anyway, so that was cool. Uh, shout out University Traditions for giving me this awesome hat to wear. Um, and shout out Texas and Pete. Frankie and Macy was like the best in Texas Pete. Frankie and Macy, uh, Frankie Alvaro Alvarez Alvar. Anyway, he'd be up on Instagram and said like to come like meet up for a drink before the game because that was the other thing too since there's no tailgating. And they had like the other tailgate, like that's why they did that shit. By the way, like the reason there's no tailgating, like they had the all-state tailgate, like set up next to it, bro. It was twenty dollars for a twenty-four ounce beer, mm. and it was only Modelo, which I fucking hate Modelo so much. Those are the most dramatic. I'm dramatic. Those are the most dramatic commercials in the history of television. I hate them. I, hate I can't them. think of what they're like. Uh... Off the top of my head. That's the fighting spirit. It's always like some story. It's like she actually, if she would have just accepted her fate and her role in life, she would have never become a three-time top 10 finisher in the local triathlon. It's like, it, like it's never something It's like, oh, wow, it's a famous person. It's like, this guy's a tattoo artist and he's tattooed the stars. Modelo. Okay, man. Anyway, um, I fucking hate Modelo. Anyway, so when you walked inside there, so we, we met up and like we're hanging out near like the, the game day setup or whatever. Um, could not have been nicer. Like just hit it off super well. Um, was great. Had nothing but kind things to say to you. Was just like us in a lot of ways. Like I think, you know, we had a lot of similarities. Um, his wife uh, let me eat her pretzel. And that's, I say that, that sounds weird. Yeah, I, that yeah, did so. sound a little weird. I just stole her pretzel. That's all that happened. Okay. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had a blast with it. That was that was really fun. It just like made me so happy because we had so many people reach out and like it just it's just a reminder that like we I really love that we've been able to build like a such a personal connection with most of our audience. Even Ben Diesel, who's like a, a you know admitted piece of shit. You know what I mean? Just kidding, Ben. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean like I, that is like my favorite part of this is like you know I, and I thought about this too. If we had like the biggest podcast, if we had like like PMT listeners. I can't fucking imagine how poorly I would handle that. Oh. Because <laughs> the amount of people that would say negative shit just to say negative right. shit. Because yeah. you'll engage with anybody that says anything negative, but like they are like, you know, a billion times amplified. They probably get so much shit. Yeah, yeah you'd go insane. And which just brings me to my last point, which is my last shout out is to that guy, Camrade. Um, com- comrade? 
the one who called you uh, out and tagged yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Pollock. David Pollock Listen, yeah. I know he's listening right now because he apparently falls along, listens to everything, and then just gets so fucking mad about it. This man, hours after the national championship, was sending out tweets threatening to get me banned from Creature Comforts Brewery in Athens because of the hat that I was wearing. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so shout out to him. Um, shout out to the haters. I know you're going to die alone, but you're not going to die tomorrow. So that's something to, to hang your hat on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things have taken a dark turn. Um, unbelievable season. I don't know yeah. what the, the schedule is going to look like going forward, obviously. But I do know we're working a lot of, on a lot of things over the offseason with the corporate suits. Yeah. To be honest, these guys are very smart and very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to be developing some things for to get ready for a big 2023 for the podcast. Excited about that for sure. This is um, good. <laughs> nice. Really uh, so yeah, man, it's been a great season, dude. I can't believe we, this is our, we made it through. This is our second season now, or was this our third? This is our second. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy so, though. It is crazy. Um, also, shout out. This is I, I, I got to say one thing, too, that like like Lillian brought this up because she's one of the reasons we became friends. Um, she went through the same shit I did. She was engaged and and it uh, was broken off. And she was nice enough to bring up the point that um, since that engagement was broken off. Her sports teams have done nothing but succeed. And win since, national titles since your broken engagement. No, since hers. Oh, okay. But she was saying it to me, which oh. felt like a pretty big kick in the dick. Uh, because then I realized that is not <laughs> what's happened for me. Also, I've been bringing this setup earlier. This is the most sickening thing I've heard since the. the I almost don't even want to fucking say it because it, it honestly makes me want to throw up. Stetson Bennett and, and Georgia have won the same, or Kirby Smart with Stetson Bennett has won the same amount of national championships that Alabama has won with Jalen Hurts. Tua Tungavailoa, Bryce Young, and Mac Jones as their starting quarterbacks combined. That is, I want to. Stetson, man. Big Stet. The mailman. Anyway. Stetquavius. Um, we're in the, uh, we're getting into the offseason. We'll figure out what the schedule is. I'll definitely still be doing stuff. We got to figure out Tyler's. Um, I mean, we'll probably keep going through the NFL stuff, but um, yeah. this is y'all's time to shine. Y'all let us know what we should be talking about. What, deep dives i can get into what what you guys want to hear about um and please don't let it be basketball jeff rollins makes a good point uga wins and goes to the natty every year y'all have a podcast so <laughs> tell your friends guys the more you guys yeah. you uga fans and by the way we really do appreciate you guys tuning in by far our biggest fan base that listens to us um Go tell all your friends about our podcast so we continue to grow. We continue to do the podcast. You guys win a championship every single time we do that. I don't like anything that you're saying right now. So let's just keep let's just keep doing that. Yeah, We're not gonna I troll know. Danny Canal because he's our friend. Yeah, I know. That is um, what, that is like the number one thing that we're going to do next year. And that's my fault that we didn't do it more this year. Is is like book actual interviews and shit. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. We appreciate it. We, this has been a great show. Great football season. This football season was awesome. It's awesome. I think the, what, was the team, like, what was your favorite part? 
Honestly, man, like my obviously just for well, this isn't my uncensored moment of the year, but just the Florida State being able to come back to ten wins is, has me very happy. I'm sure, yeah. It's I'm been sure. a long. It's been a very depressing situation for the last six years. So, to to for a guy to win a championship with you and then just kick you to the curb, uh, and like leave your yeah, uh, and leave your program in shambles, and then to double down and like light that fire and just pour gasoline on it with the Willie Taggart hire. Yeah, like Norvell, man. Like I just, I'm happy for him. Happy for our fan base. Can't wait to see where we go from here. What about you? What was your favorite moment of the year, or favorite situation, or story of the year? I love band story of the year. Go over two in the playoff. That was awesome. Um, I think honestly, my favorite part was halfway through the season, getting just I'll admit it, like super fed up and over it with like it being year two. And it being year two of like the same, like lack of follow through on some of the things that we were supposed to be doing, like not from me and Tyler, but from the people that can control that. And I just will never forget. And I, you know, it's it ended up being a great source of motivation. It's great. Our one of our executives who said, "There's there's zero value in what you do, Chris. There's zero value in your role at this company." What you do with social media, what you do with video brings no value to this company. And I was like, cool. And then he said, there's no value in being at actual games and live events. And I laughed out loud because it was very clear that um, one of us had really, really loved this sport. And the other one probably is good at numbers or something. I don't know. But from that moment on, then I like made like the decision. I was like, we're going to start going to fucking games. We're going to like hang out with the fans and do all the stuff that we have wanted to do the whole time. And like kind of where we thrive and like where we like have like the the most fun. And I went to seven straight weeks of of games since since the Georgia Florida game. I went to a game every single week since then, including Georgia Florida, Georgia Tennessee. I got to see two one versus three matchups this year. I saw three top five matchups. It was pretty cool. Got to see the A&M uh, Yale practice firsthand. Got to go to Auburn, be on the field. for That was really cool. Um, got to go to the Iron Bowl. Got to go to the SC Championship. Got to go to the, the Peach Bowl. And like went to like probably the best game of the year. And then went to the National Championship. And it was just a really, really awesome, awesome way to spend the rest of the year. Um, and hanging out with you guys, too. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys watching listening tuning in it's been a great year again we always go through the off season as well but it's just not going to be twice a week we'll figure out a schedule here uh soon um <laughs> but uh any, anything else chris before we let him go that's it man congrats to, uh, to georgia and all your fans um y'all be i was gonna say safe but i don't know um yeah we'll just we'll, we'll see you guys soon all right, Chris on Tower. Thanks for tuning in.